Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hey guys, this is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to give a shout out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. I think it's an awesome podcast, and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the Wrestling Predict Cast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling Predict Cast, and we have got a massive episode for you today. Not only are we looking back at Survivor Series and the aftermath, we are also looking ahead at NXT TakeOver War Games, and we're going to be predicting that as a bonus round. I'm your host, Ben, and joining me to run down everything WWE is Joe. Hi, how are you, Joe? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. And Luke, how are you? Yeah, good too. Thanks, mate. And we're going to get straight into Survivor Series. We've got loads and loads to talk about today. Um, I think we should probably start with the results from last time. And I know we say it every week, and I know it's a bit cliche, but Wildcard's kind of screwed us over a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, we got the shock that McIntyre beat Orton to get himself in the um, Survivor Series match against Reigns. Uh, to which point Joe had to have McIntyre, I had to have Reigns, and Luke got free reign over the wild cards, and obviously I had to have New Day. And then we had kind of a bit, kind of random choices for uh, the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Um, so the scores for our league are a bit all over the place. We all got fours and fives between us. Sorry, Luke got six actually. Um, he, Luke did the best out of the three of us. Luke got six, I got four, Joe got five. Um, I like that Luke Luke nodded his head in when you corrected yourself there because he oh, knew. Oh yeah, and he was ready, buddy. I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But he you was know, I was even more annoyed see. about the fact that I called Lana was going to be the last person's name, but didn't actually predict like say it. And then she. Oh, was, we're going to get to that. That was a big. Yeah. We had we first of all we had the most people taking part in the predict cast um, predictions than we ever had before, and a big chunk of them picked Lana. Really randomly, which was which was bizarre, but fair play to them. Um, so the league looks like this. In last place with 27 is me. <laughs> Second to last with 28 is Luke. Tom, Joe, and the audience have all got 29. The winner this round, above everybody, including all the audience that take part as well, with a, a shocking score of eight, was Kaz. She only got one wrong. And Dave Eisen, podcast Dave from the Movie List podcast, Isn't that got four points and managed to get to the uh, top of the league still with 32. But there is literally nothing in the scores. 27 to 32 is the range. And Survivor Series was a huge amount of points to, to get or throw away. So a lot to discuss. So we're going to kind of go with the order that we predicted them we're going to start with the matches the kind of two matches that weren't that that huge or that big um we're going to start with bobby lashley versus Sami Zayn, and i'm going to go to you first luke what did you think to the match bobby lashley won it happy with that result anything coming from there anything you know big to say about lashley versus Sami Zayn? not really no i think it's pro pro possibly the worst match of the night in my opinion um, just because it didn't really mean anything. It was heel, it's heel versus heel, which doesn't seem to work unless it's like massive, like two massive heels. So I thought it was a bit of a nothing match. Um, 
Yeah, it was all right. That's fair. <laughs> That's absolutely fair. Joe, you got anything to add? Um, no. Well, <laughs> it's not good if we, the first the first question you throw to us, we've both got nothing to say on it. Um, so oh, just, get out of the way. That's what that's the, my thought were. Just get these ones out of the way. So yeah. rather than just sneak in a Sami Zayn versus Lashley halfway through the halfway through the discussion. We really prick our listeners' interests with these early early answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I'm, yeah, I just, I just don't really care. To be honest, I skipped through quite a bit of the match because it was just not it, that just wasn't really engaging me at all. Um, thought Bobby Lashley was going to win. I, I don't know what they're doing with Sami Zayn because they're making him on one hand they make him out like he's a right tosser. Um, I've chosen my words carefully there to, to avoid any editing. Um, like they make him out to be a right tosser, and then on the flip side of it. Like he, he was in quite a sympathetic role in in this match because he was basically four one one beat like you know and so it doesn't those two things don't add up you know if you if you want him to come across not very well then don't don't uh, you know garner sympathy from him in terms of how the match played out. They've done that a few times recently. Like I noticed that on was it SmackDown this week where King Corbin lost to. Murphy, but he was meant to be the heel, but he's not the heel because they've got four of them around the ring, like basically, yeah, like acting like heels. Yeah, that was really bizarre. That was a really bizarre moment where where Dominic was clearly healing it up, you know, doing (laughs) all the heelish stuff to make sure. And you're going, where's the what's the what's the win here? What's the is Murphy going to slowly corrupt Dominic, and then we're going to go back to Murphy was working for Seth Rollins the whole time? (laughs) Fair play if you are, because that's storytelling, but. It is really awkward, isn't it? The, the did you see the like? Did you see him with his arm over the girl? Uh, like just being like, I'm gonna put my you know, like a classic like, I'm gonna put my arm so far away from your body because like because I'm just I I'm just not I'm neither of us are comfortable in this situation. The like the look the love between them is guys like reminiscent of my own marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you might just listen to the podcast, does she, Joe? I don't know to do the podcast, mate. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, where do you think it's going for Bobby Lashley? Where is Bobby Lashley's next opponent for the US title? I didn't see anything really clear for that on on Raw. I don't know if either of you two saw something I missed. Either of you two got any idea where who goes for the US title next? I think Keith Lee. Yeah. Because I think because they, they had a match, didn't they, for the qualifier? It was disqualification, which almost always means rematch. Um, so he'll probably like cost Keith Lee the the loss for that triple threat match, and then feud for the North American for the United States Championship. That's what I think. I'd be happy with that. Any other suggestions, Joe? I think that's probably the most logical one. Um, I'd probably I would be interested in seeing Matt Riddle in there as well. It's almost a shame because I think we've got uh, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle. Keith Lee for Raw next week, yeah. and I'd rather I'd quite fancy a Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and a, and Bobby Lashley for the US. I think that would be quite a good use of all three of them, to be honest, at the moment. Um, so yeah, so, so no, I think that makes Keith Lee makes a lot of sense. He's well, he's, he's in dangerous territory, Keith Lee, in my opinion, of getting just lost in the mid card. We'll come back to that triple threat in a in a bit when we talk about the uh, McIntyre Reigns feud. I think. What about Sami Zayn the Intercontinental? Is that going to be Daniel Bryan? No, Big E. Oh, I think Big E, yeah. Okay. So what do you reckon the, Daniel Bryan's doing then? I th- well, should we come on to that in a bit? Because I think that might be involved with Drew, with Drew, with Roman Reigns. 
Okay, yeah, we'll come back to that then, fine. Okay, so Sami Zayn versus Big E, happy with that as a programme? Yeah, I think so. I think Big E needs something to do, doesn't he, for now? Because I, I still think he's going to win the Royal Rumble. So I think he just needs something to do between now and then. Um, so. Luke's audacious big call, Big E to win the Rumble. Where did this come from? <laughs> Have you mentioned this before? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because we said that he'll win the Royal Rumble, then challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's, that's what right, okay. the logic is, but... I think that's. Are I you think, still thinking? Are you still thinking Edge, Joe, for the Rumble? Um, less so now. Um, I was thinking that more when Randy Orton was on a massive hot streak, and then now that seems to have fallen away a bit. I don't think Edge needs to win the Royal Rumble to face Randy Orton to to make like. It doesn't need to have a belt on it, basically. Um, so I'm actually with Luke. I think the Royal Rumble winner could well be Big E now. Right. Heard it here first. I have no, I don't know. I've not thought that far ahead. I'm going to go Big E as well at the moment until I inevitably change your mind. <laughs> until what happens is, or until it's clear that Big E's definitely not going to win it when we do the Royal Rumble predictions. I think what you could easily do now is have Big E have the Intercontinental for a couple of months, keeps him busy. Well, not even a couple of months, like, you know, maybe up until the Royal Rumble, perhaps, go crazy. Then he could be a kind of entrant in the Royal Rumble and that could be the chance for him to move up to the next, you know, lose the belt and win the Rumble in the same night. That'd be quite good, I think. I don't think he'd even win the belt, though. I think Sami Zayn will keep it. You're probably right, to be fair. It's not far away, the Rumble, now, is it? No. Is it January or February? Yeah, it's the next pay-per-view after TLC. So TLC is December 20th, and then it'll be the end of January will be the Rumble. Wow. This year. This year's quick. Yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll move away from the US title and go towards the uh, US and Continental title, sorry, and go towards the tag team titles. It was the Street Profits versus the new day because of the wildcard rules to separate our predictions i had to have the new day which meant that both luke and joe got the street profits and the street profits got a win in what i'd say is probably one of the best matches of the night to be honest with you and i think it really this was what the street profits desperately needed they got a brilliant promo before the match started i thought the promo was amazing beforehand it really like did a good job for them and then the match itself was 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 fantastic and Kind of put Street Profits in a different light for me, to be honest. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, Street Profits and versus New Day, Joe? Yeah, I thought probably much tonight as well. I, I mean, I really enjoyed the main event. I'm sure we'll come on to that later. But yeah, I think probably objectively this was the, 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 the best match. I think it was a bit of a passing of the torch moment. Um thought the Street Profits looked really impressive. I, I, I feel like they've, they've really solidified as a really decent tag team. I think when they came up from NXT, I was... I, I thought I, I thought Montez Ford was superb on his own. I wasn't too convinced about the tag team uh, and and the credibility of the tag team to to some extent. And I think they're now really de- really decent and fair play to them because there's a lot of people that brought from NXT, like for example the Viking Raiders, the Orphans of Pain. Uh, well, I mean, today heavy machinery. Heavy yeah. machinery is one that's just fallen away again. Yeah, Ascension. As I was going to say, there's quite a lot. I mean, Ascension go back a bit. But yeah, there's quite a lot where you kind of go in. They just don't really know what to do with NXT tag teams. And actually, the Street Profits seem to have broke the mould a bit on that. So fair play to them, I think. Um, yeah. That's, a, so, that's yeah. a fair point. I've never thought about that before. But, on, you know, it's, it's, it seems to be a struggle for NXT wrestlers anyway. But the tag teams never make it. It never, it never occurred to me that tag teams very rarely stay from NXT forwards. And I think... And going back as far as Ascension, it's bad, isn't it? You're right. It's hardly anyone's moved up and, and stayed. Well, there's a, uh, there's a, <laughs> there was a stat, right? That, uh, and 
I think this is on um, a different podcast I listened to called uh, What Culture, and they were saying that it, like it looks like Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode are going to be challenging for the SmackDown titles. Yeah. Apparently, that win on Friday SmackDown this week was their first win in over a year in a straight one-on-one tag team match. They've only won two other matches, and they've both been multi-man ones. So, and then now they're getting a the title. They haven't won as a tag team for over a year. The, the division's a joke. <laughs> it's an absolute joke. Um, Luke, Street Profits versus New Day. Happy with it? Agree it was close to match of the night? Anything to add? Yeah, no, definitely. I Yeah, it was top top three matches for me. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, it's a shame, really, they're on, different, they're on different brands because it's a sort of feud that you want to... I suppose it's because they're the strongest on each brand, but which is why they've got the titles. But, you know, you, know, you, you want to see more of it, don't you? Like, it was just really good. I suppose that might be a long burn. It might happen in the future at some point. But yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was a really good match. I'm and their that... feuds... Get... Sorry, Joe, carry on. I was going to say, I'm glad that we got to see the... A um, couple of weeks ago, we had the uh, the last chance uh, for New Day to appear together um, on SmackDown. <laughs> given that not three weeks later, they're all going out together. All going out to the ring together. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And then Big East, Big East didn't stay around, mate. Just left. Just left. Just what? Just like left, didn't he? Didn't didn't stay. Didn't stay out for the match. Just well, it was weird, twice, right? wasn't it? Because not only was it they were on the SmackDown the night before as well. Yeah. New Day showed up on SmackDown the night before anyway, and they even brought it up. So I thought you'd had a farewell. Oh well, that was different. It's like what? <laughs> the, the the brand split is a joke. That's it's, it's just what's the point? But I don't know why it needs to be a joke because it, it it would be so much better if it was credible. I think that you'd get better, much better storylines if it was credible. Yeah. If you ha- if you wait until if you wait and then because I remember when they first had the brand split and I must have said this before on the podcast when they first had the brand split when you saw a SmackDown wrestler go to Raw or Raw to go SmackDown you instantly went they're not on the right like they're not on the right show now anyone can turn up on any show and I don't even like it takes me a while to work out if it's something wrong yeah anyway. Well, we could have put a little jingle in for Joe's rant there, mate. Could have, yeah, that could have been a Joe's rant <laughs> jingle right there, couldn't it? That's Joe's rant number one. I'll, t- I'll keep I'll keep a tag of that one. All right then. Um, the next match was for the female was the um, the female world title holders on both brands facing off against each other. It was Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Now, to be fair, all three of us quite definitively said Asuka was going to win this one, with Sasha Banks having the match cost for her, probably by Bailey or um, Carmella, and in what's I think is probably the most shocking thing of the night, to be honest with you. Um, Sasha Banks won clean. Very, you know. Now, I didn't think much of the match. I thought the match was was out of the matches they've had before. I thought it was fairly poor. I thought a lot of it, too much of it for my, kind of my taste was submission stuff. And it was really slow and really grapply as opposed to I prefer like the big spots and stuff like that. But yeah, Asuka versus Sasha Banks, you know, Sasha Banks gets a clean win. Um what do you think of it, Luke? Um, so, yeah, you're right. We all predicted Asuka, but I think after what... And I suppose that's the um, trouble with us doing it a week before, isn't it? Because I think after the SmackDown, when Carmella attacked her quite decisively, I thought, well, she's not going to do that again on the pay-per-view two days later. So I actually thought Sasha Banks would win in the end, even though I didn't predict it first time round. So I wasn't, as, I wasn't as shocked as I thought I probably would have been normally. I suppose I think quite different to you. I quite I, I quite enjoy the match, and I thought they could have done because it was only like ten minutes long. I thought they should have had longer. It seemed a bit strange to me. That it went, went quite quickly, but I thought I thought they should have had longer. It did. It seemed a bit of a non-event. The match I thought. 
yeah, yeah I agree with that and I thought it made Sasha Banks look a bit of a star I think <clears throat> I do think she's the face of um, the women's division going forward but at least while Charlotte and Becky are not in it um, and I really I think I, I, I put a lot of time for Sasha Banks to be honest and also she's like 28 I was like how are you only 28 you seem to have been around for about 10 years it's unbelievable mate I wasted my life <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, completely agree with that. Um, so, Asuka, well, Sasha Banks going forward's got Carmella. That's not a good. That's not a good feud after Bailey, is it? Really, is either of you two, you know, chomping at the bit for Sasha Banks versus Carmella as the next big SmackDown women's feud? No, I mean, I don't really know much about Carmella anyway because I'm still in the wrestle that much. I think the last time I saw her was Money in the Bank. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm not, yeah, not too excited about it either, really. I think this reeks to me of um, whole, like, t- a kind of tick over. Because I guess that from the Royal Rumble, which is, so there's only going to be, there's only one more pay-per-view before the Royal Rumble, isn't there? Is yeah, right? TLC. Yeah. So they'll have a, they'll have this match on TLC at some point, presumably. Um, and then they'll have another match maybe at the Royal Rumble, which might, they might fight twice, for example. Um, and then I guess Sasha then will be probably in a in a match with whoever's the winner of the Royal Rumble, or there's a good chance that'll be the case, or someone returning at the Royal Rumble, perhaps. So it just feels like a bit of a holder at the moment, a placeholder. That's fair. That's fair. It just feels it's Bailey Sasha Banks is the best women's feud we've had, not just this year but in forever. Oh, yeah. And you go next to Carmella. It just feels it's a, it's it's not just a step down. It's it's a it's a jump down five steps, isn't it? It's it's massive, and it just and to be fair to her, Carmella's returning. Carmella was never that bad a wrestler. She was always all right. She's had the title before herself. You never felt like it was a ridiculous her holding the title, but she's nowhere near the the, the league that she needs to be to follow Bailey versus Sasha Banks, and I think that's the problem. The, the problem though is, mate, who is that's in the company? At the moment, that's the problem. You are right, yeah. Because I mean, the only other person is Asuka. Yeah, that's it. You're right. You're absolutely bang on. Unless you've got Charlotte, who I presume is coming back at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Or you've got Becky, who isn't coming back for a while because she got a baby. Um, or Ronda Rousey, maybe. Um, you know what you what you you know. I don't know who else she can feud with that isn't Bailey, and we have had, I, I have had enough of that now. Yeah, I think. They they missed the trick. If Bailey had beat Sasha Banks and the story had been Sasha Banks can't keep the belt, she can win it, she can never keep it, there would have been something in that. If Bailey had managed to beat her on that next SmackDown, but when they decided that Sasha was going to beat Bailey again, it was like, okay, so we're done. That's it. And it also feels like that I don't even want to see it at WrestleMania now, where a month, two months ago, I for me that was that could have been up there as near close to the main event. Could have been. I, I think they're going to really push Bianca Belair. So, obviously, she very... Well, we'll come on to it in a minute. She very nearly won it for SmackDown for this Survivor Series match. But I think she'll be feuding with Bailey next. Probably beat her, win the Royal Rumble, and then be... And then Sasha Banks. That's probably what I think is going to happen. Well, I think that's where we'll go next, actually. It's the Women's Survivor Series match. Um, it was... Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Lana versus Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot. Liv Morgan, Natalia, and I'm struggling. Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and Bailey. Uh, Bailey. Bailey. That was it. Was Bailey? Yeah, that's bad, isn't it? <laughs> um, 
She got she got eliminated early, though, didn't she? First, I think was first, it? Yeah. yeah. Well, the story of the match obviously was the fact that Lana got told to stay on the stay on the side to not tag herself in, and then it went as a pretty standard women's Survivor Series match until it was Nia Jax versus Bianca Belair, and they both got double count out, and because Lana hadn't got herself involved, she won as sole survivor. Um, to be fair, I think this was missing some. I think both Survivor Series matches were missing big, big unexpected or big anticipated matchups. What I kept thinking back to was two years ago, I reckon, maybe three, there was a Survivor Series match that had Triple H in there and Braun Strowman. I think it was Team Triple H versus Team Kurt Angle, I think. And you had like Shinsuke Nakamura was on one team and Braun Strowman was on one team. And there was a moment when Nakamura got in the ring against Triple H. And you kind of went, this is going to be amazing because we're never going to see this. When There's no other time when this could happen. It's not feasible. This could be great. And they went for you know three or four minutes before there was another one. It was like Braun Strowman versus other people. And it felt there were these big matchups that you never see. And both of these suffered from the fact that we have seen pretty much every single one of these matchups before. There was Neither of these Survivor Series matches for me felt that special. Um, I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought the, out of the two, the Women's Survivor Series was the weaker of the two matches. Um, what did you think to the match and what did you think to the end of it, Joe? The women's match? Yeah, the women's match. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I think it was... I, I didn't mind the match. I didn't mind the match at all. I thought it did what it needed to do in terms of um, telling a story. So the Lana thing was interesting, although... Uh, well, I'll come on to that. So I thought they did do well with that. I thought they made Bianca Bella look like a star, which I think we were all saying we should they should do last time. Uh, so I was happy with that. Um, and then they also randomly started making Peyton Royce look like a bit of a star um, when she eliminated Bailey. The, the the thing that I would say about it is they just have not followed up with it, as as is as is the way. So there was an opportunity there to go look. Peyton Royce has uh, taken out Bailey early on in the match. Like that, that could be the opportunity to push her, and I haven't done anything with it. And the Lana win then prompted a, a title match against Asuka, which lasted about thirty seconds before it got interrupted. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's just a bit like you had an opportunity there to start to you know to to do something off the back of it, and that's what has let it down. But in terms of the actual match, I thought it was that was all I thought it was all right. Like it was okay. Didn't feel like it was too long, which sometimes these matches do. Just felt like it was about right. So I'll, I'll stop talking now. No, makes sense. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, similar things like the Peyton Royce thing. I thought, like like Joe said, to pin Bailey is obviously booking her strong, but then she immediately then got pinned by Natalia, which didn't make any sense. So <clears throat> I don't know why you would do that if you try to make her look strong. And the Lana thing, <clears throat> I think as soon as you saw her on them steps, you knew she was going to be the last person. Because you could just see through what they were going to do, couldn't you? Well, that's what I thought anyway. I thought it was a bit of a strange, strange way of telling it as well, because it's like you're being bullied, so you're just doing what you're told by put on, being put on the step, and then you win, luckily, because you're just left on the step. So I just thought it was a bit strange way to do it. I thought it was clever. I didn't. You're right. The minute you Lana, the minute Lana was told she wasn't going to wrestle, one of two things was going to happen. She was either going to cost the team the whole match. <laughs> or she was going to win it. They were the only two outcomes, that she was definitely going to be involved in the, the end of the whole thing. But I didn't see it the way it happened. I thought, you know, the fact that the double count out and she ends up being soul survived by fluke, I thought was very clever. 
But fair play to them. They've done something that, you know, cynical wrestling fan I've not seen before. And I wouldn't have guessed it. For me, it's what you do afterwards. Where is this going? And to have Lana running away from Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler with Asuka, Asuka also running out of the ring from the two of them. You're like, don't don't pair Asuka and Lana after Asuka's just lost. Like you need to you need to make sure Asuka stays strong. And the last person Asuka should be anywhere near is Lana. So it, it's tricky, really. Do you think they're going to go after the tag battles, genuinely? No. You, but yeah. then you've got the trick. You've got this tricky situation of Asuka would have to lose that because you're not going to give Asuka the belt, like the women's belt and the tag belts. You could. You definitely could. But why would you? And why would... why why? Because of what we said a minute ago, we've got like one decent... We've got two decent women's wrestlers in the whole thing. Give give Asuka all three of the belts, mate. I don't care. <laughs> it makes more sense. It, what what the, the, the feud that makes more sense is like Nia Jax versus Asuka or even Shayna Baszler versus Asuka. Yeah, mate, to be fair, they're the feuds that make more sense. Or all three of them, if they decide to do the Shayna-Nia Jax split. Yeah, guys, makes more sense, right? It does from a from a, what we know of WWE. Well, let me give you a counter-argument. TLC, above the ring, not only uh, is um, the tag team belts, but also Asuka's uh, women's belt. And if Nia Jax and Shayna get it, they get to keep... Whoever gets it gets the tag team and Asuka's belt. But if Asuka or Lana get it, then Asuka remains the champion and... She's also the tag team champion with, with Lana. How that? How about that? Like, you're pretty good at fantasy booking. I usually come away going, "That's great. That would be awful." If that's <laughs> what they decide to go with, that would be shocking. <laughs> that's tough feedback to take, mate. For honest. Put <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thought into that. Put a lot of thought into that. Like, in the last two minutes, I put endless thought into that. Can't see any problem with it. I think what this shows is it's really hard to just book anything for any of them at the moment. Like, like who's Asuka feuding with? Who's right. like who's going to challenge for the belt, the tag team? But like we can't. There's no other way of booking it. It does say that, mate. But also, we've probably been more creative in the last two minutes than we've been for <laughs> last sort of six months. So you know, we're in a we're in a we're in a sport where they've just missed the opportunity to like we shouldn't be wondering who other than Sasha and Asuka can be legitimate in the women's in the women's division like you can script and make whoever you want as strong as you want why haven't you done that like why are we now like going oh well i hope they'll push bianca belair in the next couple of months why haven't you done that for the last six months she's been like pissing about doing running running races against random people nothing to do with wrestling the the infuriating thing is the fact that all the strongest people are all like tied up like it's it's like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler should not be the tag team champions. They should be separate and competing for the single belts. I mean, how long have we been saying that Shayna Baszler is someone who should be a proper champ? Like, tag, I'm afraid women's tag team champion is not a proper champion because name me another women's tag team. How can you be championship of a division that doesn't that doesn't exist? Riot Squad. Okay, Riot Squad. All right, fair enough. Another. I mean, there's no actual ones, is there? I mean, you got Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans, which is a bit weird after they broke the Iconics up. But no reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Wait, do, you know the, do, you know the, do you know what the real kicker on this is? The the women's tag team title belts could be the undercard belt for the women's. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like the, the, like, so, you know like how like the Intercontinental is like obviously not as important as the 
the world title. Well, this the, the, the tag team belt could be for, competed for by teams made up of the people that aren't going for the title, the, the main titles, and like it's just such a waste because then you put like on two absolute monsters who presumably shouldn't really lose the belts anytime soon. Yeah, and to work it. And the thing is, they're actually they're more interesting at the minute. They're being used better because they're tag team together. Shayna and Nia is an interesting tag team and that dynamic's interesting and I wouldn't want to see them split up anytime soon because then you'd wonder where where on earth is it going? You know, unless it's clearly going to be that Nia Jax or Shayna get pushed into a feud with Asuka. But, I mean, the whole Lana thing, I don't know what they think the outcome's going to be. There's no way it can end with Lana pinning Nia Jax. Certainly not going to end with Lana putting Nia Jax to a table. I think Nia Jax is going to destroy this week on Raw. And that's it. That's, that's that's the end of the feud. That's the end of a feud they've built for like ten weeks. Yeah, you're not. Uh, I mean, it's WWE. You're not wrong. That could very easily happen. Who's gonna have a more abrupt ending? This feud or Lars Sullivan? Ah, <laughs> oh, Paul. I didn't even get. Didn't even. Unless I unless I skipped past it or forgot it, he didn't even get a sit down interview this week, did he? Matt, I, I think they're just done with it. I, I don't think he was on the week before either. I feel like I feel like what's happened is he's just gone like I was bullied at school, so. I, I, I set the, fire, the school on fire, and then the police have gone and got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that! Oh, that cold case! That cold case from uh, from from 20 years ago. All right, we'll go deal with that one. This is easy. This guy made a public confession on TV. <laughs> God, if you watch wrestling more often, I'll probably find out all this solutions to all these crimes. <laughs> right then, I think that's a good chance to move on to the. Second, I think we'll go for the second men's Survivor Series match actually, and leave that leave the main event for 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 the, for the final match to discuss. The second men's Survivor Series match was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. It was Styles, Lee, Sheamus, Strowman, and Riddle. I think we have to come back to the fact that you know I've just second named all of those people, but Riddle has officially lost his first name. We 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 didn't talk about that last time. How do we feel about the fact that they just keep removing the first names of of wrestlers? I think. I think white that I'm um, I'm okay with it. <laughs> why it can never happen, mate. That's why it can never happen. You couldn't have you couldn't have me just just white, could you, Jamie? You know I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I don't. What, what, what's the point? I mean, is anyone struggling with the concept of him being having the first name Matt? Like, it's not like it's a difficult one to pronounce, is it? I mean, what people have said in the past though is every every other time they've done it, it has stuck, and it, you have kind of. So you had Alexander Rusev for the longest time, then it was Rusev. We have Mustafa Ali, and he's just about got to Ali. I don't quite get why they keep doing it, but, you know, maybe that's it. Buddy Murphy, yeah, that's another one. Murphy, yeah, that's another one. So I think eventually they stick, but I just don't, out of all of them, it's just I don't understand Riddle. It just, it's, <laughs> I don't I'm, I'm just waiting for him to just have Keith. <laughs> That's one I'd back. If they go just Keith. I'd like that. You can, you, I'm sure there'd be some good names here. Like, you're like <laughs> one of them is just called. He's just called Triple now. <laughs> Not just H. Yeah, you no. Just want H. H. No, I'm taking the first name Triple. It's just Triple. triple. Doesn't, doesn't make sense out of context, does it? But I love the others. Kevin. Sure, Kevin Owens is just Kevin. <laughs> Kevin versus Keith at the headline in WrestleMania. <laughs> I'd take that. And then on Team SmackDown, to move across, you had Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, 
and Otis. Otis. Oh, that's right, Otis. He was the missing person. I was I was really surprised about that because I thought it was going to be Biggie. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Biggie as well. Um, yeah, so Otis made up the numbers for that one, and this ended with I think I think it surprised all of us. We all went with Raw winning it. We're all a little bit torn between the two because we believe that the Jey Uso being captain would play in the story, which it did, to be fair. But it ended with an absolute clean sweep of SmackDown and uh, Raw winning it and Keith Lee getting the pin to be sole survivor, which you both backed. And I went Matt Riddle against me better judgment, which I'm a bit gutted about, to be honest with you. Um, So, Luke, men's survivor series. Happy with it? Good match? Result makes sense? Yeah, I thought it was a good match. It just, it's just, um, it's one of those where they've played it out just for the storyline for JSO and Roman Reigns, haven't they? They've done that purely to make JSO look like, you know, your team's lost complete, like not even one, not, you know, not even one pin. So it makes sense for storyline reasons. Just didn't, just was a bit of a shame for the actual match. I thought, um, but like you said, like I said earlier, I, th- I think it was a better match than the women's one. Um, so yeah, I thought it was quite good. I was, I was, I was better. The, the thing I was most pleased about was Keith Lee's music. Yes. Yeah. That changed. Yes, that's true. Like, yes, they finally changed it, and I thought it was really good. So yeah, he came out. He came out singing it, didn't he? Like, make, yeah. he'd, make, he'd make a real, make a real um, point of it. Well, he's actually recorded. It. I think Wrestler should do that more. That, he, that's his, that's him actually singing it. Apparently. Oh, that's cool. And what was his, what, what, what did you think of his outfit, mate? Well, it's been it's been the same for a while now, hasn't it? So it's just. Do you want it to change up, or are you happy with it as it is? No, like like last time, I still prefer him with his top off. But you know, step step by step, because you know we've got, you know, he's, he's slowly been losing clothes, <laughs> and, that, and now he's got better music. So you know, he's he's getting back to the old Keith Lee that we know and love. Oh, isn't it PC that we we, we could only say that about a bloke now, can't we? Um, I like I like I like the idea of like the ang- like doing a Kurt Angle where like maybe he could like wear the full the, like the singlet, but then he could when he's about to do his finisher, he could like pull down the straps and expose that upper body. Who was that? Was that uh, Kurt Angle? Yeah, oh, loads of people did it. I think Kurt Angle was the the main one where he went to do like where he went to the like the the was it the ankle lock or the Olympic stamp? I can't remember which one. But then he like just like randomly pulled up pulled down his singlet to make it like slightly more homoerotic. Yeah, that's fair. Like like oh my god, these these singlet straps are really holding me back. I'm gonna take it to the next level. It's yeah. like it's like if you out of context, it looks like he's going to massage the guy's foot when he's doing the ankle lock, and he's like, "We're getting the mood." He's taking his shirt off. It's like just well, moving away from the uh, homoeroticism of WWE, which let's face it is something we all want to move away from. Um, Team Raw, SmackDown. Um, anyone come out of this looking really, really strong? Anyone you thought had like the best showing out of this one? Try either of you. Not really, mate. To be honest, it, I, I, I can't think of any real standout performances on it. I thought Keith Lee was, I think, thought Keith Lee was all right, and he was the survivor. But I mean, he was, it was, it, it, it didn't, it won't have done him loads of favors. I don't think. And what about the Seth Rollins thing, where he just like knelt down and just let him, let Sheamus beat him in the face? Well, he's he's off to um, have his baby with uh, Becky, isn't he? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. They just wrote him off doing that. It was a um, weird way to do it, though. Yeah. It was, but it was, but you also, I kind of also think, I also kind of think if you if you are going to get written off, you probably don't want to go through like a long wrestling match and like risk an injury or something. You know, if he like took a bad landing and was like knackered, you know, you could just 
he got to that point and that was his last match and will we even remember that when it comes back at Royal Rumble? But the, the thing for me was you just don't have him in there then. No. Because you actually like at one point like King Corbin was in there instead of Rey Mysterio. And you're like, well, you know, surely Rey Mysterio could have easily been in there instead of Seth Rollins. Or you put Dominic Mysterio in there, who, to be honest with you, hasn't done anything for like four weeks. I mean, what's the last thing Dominic Mysterio did, considering he had the biggest push forever for like three months? Yeah, but He's I, not I, done anything. That would have been great. I put Lars Sullivan in there. All, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, throw <laughs> Lars Sullivan in there. Give him the big push. That's it. When he's out, when he's out of jail. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think I think if you've, if you've already established that you're going to have a 5-0 loss. Which I think they probably had, like you know, in terms of like they didn't get a pin. Yeah. I think you're. I think that makes sense. What they did in terms of having Seth Rollins lose that way because it just it's just a quick win, isn't it? I think that's probably the logic. It's not what I would have done personally, but it's I can see the logic in it. I understand. From, I understand from a practical point of view, but not from a story. Because like he like, was like it's for the greater good. Well, what greater good to get smashed over? I just don't understand. It'll it'll completely depend on how they tell it when he comes back. It's going to go one of two ways. There's going to be something. Well, three ways, actually. They'll either forget about it, he'll come back, and he'll probably even come back as just Seth Rollins, and the whole Messiah thing will be forgotten. I think they'll forget about it. Or he will come back, and there will be an amazing story off the back of it. Or more likely, he'll come back, and the story will be very, very ropey, which is kind of WWE. Whenever they try and do anything that's remotely like this, it never goes the way you want it to. You know, the whole Seth Rollins-Messiah thing anyway has just done no no favors for anyone when you think what's the big feud that come out of it it's still it's still the mysterios it's still it's still that six months later it's still that you know they've not really done anything with it so yeah we'll, we'll see where the seth Rollins things goes it's, it's, it's nice to see ray mysterio's eyes like perfect again oh yeah exactly. after his mask was knocked off his face and the eye patch fell out that like, a couple of weeks back yeah that's all it took it's out <laughs> right we have we have now got to our main event, and obviously it had the the Survivor Series result, men's Survivor Series match result had implications for the for the main event. Roman Reigns told Jey Uso to go home, and then it was Reigns versus McIntyre, in which which was an absolutely brilliant match, in my opinion. I thought yeah. it was absolutely fantastic, and yeah. for the longest time there was you know getting towards the end of it, there was a part of me that thought they might there's a chance McIntyre might win this. I know we've all kind of gone with the fact that Reigns is clearly not going to lose a match. And nowhere near losing that belt till WrestleMania or beyond. But McIntyre was kept ridiculously strong here. And there were some amazing spots and some near falls that had me thinking, yeah, they're going to give it to McIntyre. And then obviously Jey Uso comes out and costs McIntyre the match and, and Reigns wins it. Um, and then obviously we go to, I think we'll deal with the, with the, the McIntyre stuff first, because I think that's the bit that's a bit less interesting to talk about. So after the match ends, McIntyre's not on Raw the next week that I that I spotted. I don't think he wasn't on Raw, was he? Mm. McIntyre wasn't at all, was he? Don't, I can't remember. He obviously didn't do anything memorable, but they did have the the setting up of the triple threat. It was going to be Styles, Lee, and Riddle, and whoever wins that becomes McIntyre's opponent at what I assume is going to be TLC. Um, I'm going to ask you this. Joe, Styles, Lee, Riddle. First of all, you're happy with those three in the triple threat. And second of all, who do you think's winning it? Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's new people. Um, I really, really hope for a screw finish where there is no finish and therefore it's the four-way. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. 
I absolutely, I absolutely, we don't do enough of those. We really don't have enough of those in WWE. You know what? It really irritates me because they always do like crappy finishes like that when it's triple threat where you don't care. You know, like what well, like the heel runs in and goes, "Oh, what I'll do is I'll, t- I'll be really clever and I'll take out both people that are fighting to be the one contender." And then obviously it's going to end up with you fighting both of them. Like, why? Why would you think it's going to be anything different? It's so irritating. And then, but then this one actually, I'd kind of quite like a no finish or some kind of clever finish where it could be all four of them. I think them four in a ladder match with the belt above the ring, which probably McIntyre wins, would be a mint. Yeah, I'd go with that. If one person had to come out victorious, though, who would you give it to? Uh, Keith. Really? Do you agree with that, Luke? No, because I think, as I said earlier, I, I think... Bobby Lashley's going to get involved with Keith Lee and he's going to feud for the United States. So I, th- I think I, th- I think it's going to be AJ Styles. So I think you need a heel. Sorry, McIntyre. So can I clarify? Who do I think it? Who I want it to be? Keith. Who do I think it's going to be? Probably AJ. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I agree with that. I think I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. The four. My my favorite. My favorite ever four way is uh, McMahon in each corner. Is that WrestleMania 2000? McMahon in each corner. Big Show. Or maybe 2001. Big, big, big show rock, Triple H and Kurt Angle. You don't get matches like that anymore. That's what I want. Something like that. Can I give you my world exclusive uh, WrestleMania uh, prediction on that on that topic? Go on. Imagine a, a McMahon in each corner. So you've got four McMahons in each corner. Then dial that right, right down. And you've yeah. got an Uso in each corner. Three, two of them. Uh, the Rock comes back and... Whichever Uso's not with Reigns goes over to Rock and supports him. So like he's like, no, this guy's the head of the table. And then you've got whichever Uso's with Reigns on one side, then it's Rock and the other one, the other side. That's my prediction for WrestleMania. And Uso in every corner. The two corners. And Uso in every corner. And Uso in two corners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Uso in either corner. Um. Yeah, well, I think that's that takes us logically to the next point. I mean, I agree with you guys, Styles. I think it will be end being Styles versus McIntyre, and that'll be a good feud, to be honest with you. I think that's the logical feud. It'll be a decent enough feud. McIntyre's keeping that belt. He's not going to lose it again. Yeah, and and Styles are making like a million dollars in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing is, where does Riddle go? Because I think you're right. I think it is Keith Lee versus um, Bobby Lashley, and that'll be a good good feud as well. Both of those are. are capable enough and I was actually quite excited for the match to be fair when they say it was Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley I thought actually that's something new mm. something decent two big men fair play it'll just be where they go with Matt Riddle next in a world full of questions who has the best movie beard which movie death is best which Disney villain had the best song one podcast answers them all that movie list podcast a podcast full of lists quizzes occasional accidental humor and filler so much filler like lists like movies like podcasts download that movie list podcast wherever you get your podcasts rated pg-13 for mild peril and occasional nudity Uso in every corner. Let's let's go to let's go to Roman Reigns and the Uso saga. I like that this story's still going, and I think it's the best story on WWE at the minute, without a doubt. I think there's a story on uh, there's a couple of stories on NXT that rival it, but I think there is you know Reigns 
the Reigns Uso kind of saga is, is the one is the way forward. I think this made sense, like you said, using the men's survivors to tell a story is better than just having it mean nothing, which it has done in the past. Um, my question really is we're assuming that Kevin Owens is the next competitor to go up against Roman Reigns. Is that a, is that a decent person next? You know, following Jey Uso for the story, Kevin Owens versus Reigns at TLC. Luke, you're happy with that? Owens versus Reigns? Yeah, but I, I'll go one step further. I think I think it'll end up being a tag team. So I think it'll be Roman Reigns and Jey Uso versus Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, which is what I was saying earlier in terms of what I think Daniel Bryan, the way Daniel Bryan's going next. So Kevin Owens, I, like, I, I don't know. The SmackDown, I thought, was brilliant with J.O.S. and Kevin Owens and how he called Roman Reigns out at the end. I know it's quite cheesy, but I thought it was really good. Um, so, yeah, so Kevin Owens will probably end up doing something this week with Roman Reigns and J.O.S.O. Then Daniel Bryan might come try and help him. and that'll, I mean, that's that's where I can see it anyway. But. I, I like that. And I didn't think the Kevin Owens thing was cheesy at all. It was great. Yeah. I, I think Paul, I think that the, the pensive Roman Reigns at the end where he just kind of looked down very concerned was a bit was a was a bit much but apart from that i I liked it 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 got me interested in a in a story you know i i rate kevin owens i don't think he's done anywhere near enough in wwe i really don't i don't think he's ever been used as much as he should do and owens versus reigns is 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 absolutely solid and it's kind of like the styles versus mcintyre owens will make reigns look amazing there's no doubt about it these will be great matches are you happy with that direction would you be happy with daniel bryan as part of the story as well joe yeah i would i i I would i I don't i'm not I'm not convinced that's where it's going. I think, I think with the with the belts, they tend to be a bit more uh, like one-on-one matches. I'm not sure. That seems a bit elaborate of a storyline. Not that I don't like it. I'm just not convinced they'll be able to pull that off. Um, but yeah, I'd be I'd be delighted with that. I think there is something coming, isn't there, with the amount of the amount of people that um, whichever so it is is uh, attacking at the moment. There's got to be there's got to be some payback for all this. And I, and I thought Kevin Owens did a really good job of making himself really credible really quickly on SmackDown. Yeah. He's always been in and around it, hasn't he? That's what's good about these. You've got these solid veteran wrestlers. So, like, if you went to Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, which is initially where I thought this was going, as of, like, just before SmackDown, if you'd asked me who was next, I thought it was Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. And, again, it was like, well, that's that seems simple. That's credible booking. And, again, Daniel Bryan will make Roman Reigns look great. And you've got the same with Kevin Owens. They're, they're easy feuds where if Roman Reigns or when Roman Reigns beats either of them, it doesn't hurt them. It's, it's you know, they're at that point in their career. Same with McIntyre versus Styles. When they lose, it's not going to matter. They'll just go on to the next feud. So it, 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 it makes sense for something as inconsequential as TLC really is. But for me, like, so I can see it. They keep going down the storyline of Jay Uso letting Roman Reigns down. So I could even see them beating Jey Uso and Roman Reigns at TLC if that was to happen, uh, and Jey Uso costing Roman Reigns and like just going down that storyline. Yeah. Do you think they're building to? I mean, Jey Uso versus Reigns again, maybe Rumble, something like that. Is that where you think this might be going? I'm just trying to think who else it would be long term, unless, like I say, they just stick with the Kevin Owens for a bit. I don't know. There is <clears throat> in the background. There's also there's always. And this is one one that, that I kind of thought about today, um, really randomly, is you've always got Brock Lesnar, and if they can't get Rock for WrestleMania, and they can pay Lesnar enough to come back for one last match, or not one last match, but another match, you know, there'd be an interesting story with Heyman, Reigns, and Lesnar. And do you think they've done enough 
that you'd be happy to see Lesnar versus Reigns again at WrestleMania? Have they made Reigns interesting enough that that might actually be a match you'd want to see? Because in my opinion, I think this time, yeah. This, if they can build Reigns enough, you might think, you know, Lesnar might beat him and take this title with Heyman torn between the two. It could be a great story there. I think for the first time, it might be a match I want to see. What do you reckon to that one? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. I, I agree. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going on with Brock Lesnar at the moment in terms of um, whilst whilst there's no fans and how much money he gets paid, etc. But yeah, I'd definitely be keen for that. See, normally he's back around Royal Rumble time, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We kind of we we we're missing missing him, but it would be about time for him to come back. I've never seen him. I've never seen that match, so I'd be interested in it definitely. <laughs> Fair enough. Right then, I think that's Survivor Series and the and the, the 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 time afterwards taken care of. Luke did bring up an interesting point this week, though, just as a bit of a side point, talking about you know people that haven't made any impact whatsoever. Retribution featured on this week's main event. So there you go. That's pretty much the end of Retribution, isn't it? I thought you should explain what main event is. Main okay, main event is the. <laughs> To, to, to the casual fan who's picked up a wrestling predict cast podcast yeah all right then i'll listen to this wrestling podcast main event is the i wouldn't even call it c show main event is the show they sell to um other countries as a bit of wrestling that has usually a highlight show and there's usually one or two matches on that are dark matches on raw and smackdown and they usually feature the wrestlers that are up and coming or on their way out um, and re- the fact that Retribution, who was the biggest story for like three, three consecutive months, about three months ago, um, and now featuring on main event is uh, pretty poor, pretty poor showing, to be honest. Yeah, okay. yeah and it's been like it's, it's even strange because obviously Raw's three hours long, so you think you'd be able to fit him in somewhere. So it just shows they've got nothing for him, doesn't it? Yeah, they could maybe take one of the ninja sections out. <laughs> Or just the whole twenty four seven championship. Just get rid of it. It's not helping anybody apart from our truth. I reckon I reckon they've gone like Fox like they've gone, oh Fox it's your turn to tell twenty four seven, they've gone, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that is hundred percent stand on raw. That's fair. Okay. Um yeah, Undertaker's farewell. Um it was it was random, wasn't it? The whole bringing, bringing superstars out, the order of those superstars was one thing. So the fact that they, they bought out um, Mick Foley before they brought out The Godfather, that baffled me. Um, the people that came out and then all of them disappearing for The Undertaker to come out um, was one thing. And then obviously The Undertaker did his very, very, very long farewell where he said about three sentences but was in the ring for 20 minutes and i've heard i've heard it all already like i feel like this i ain't the first time i've heard that speech no oh god no absolutely not also or seen there was a time when you know i I'm a, I'm a person that apart from wrestlemanias and even wrestlemanias now they're not as exciting as they used to be i skip entrances I've seen them all before i don't need to see them apart from the undertakers the undertakers would be the entrance you just wouldn't skip you watch the undertaker but you're now at the point where it's like, there's nothing, I've, I've seen this. It's taken a long time. It's, it's taken a long time to get to the ring here. Um, 
were we happy with Undertaker's farewell? I mean, I think you can tell from me, I was fairly underwhelmed by it. What did you think, Luke? Were you happy with it? Well, I think, like I said, last time, I don't know. I don't really understand the complete gravitas of it, although obviously I know he's a massive legend in wrestling. Um, so that's why I was interested to see what your thoughts were, because I thought it was quite underwhelming. Like like you said, it was strange um, to have all the the legends or wrestlers, whatever you call them, <laughs> come out and then just disappear and not say anything. Um, I heard as well, that, like even people like The Godfather, and they were saying on Twitter afterwards like that they don't know what was going on. Um he just kind of just said that's what they were going to do, but um, yeah, I thought it was a bit strange, and I thought it was set, I thought it was set well. It looked good, but that was about it. It wasn't like you needed fans, don't you, for his if he's going to actually be sent off, and and I know they can't at the moment, but just felt a bit strange. Would you would you have been happier with a match, even if it had been a squash? Would that have been a better thing to do, Joe? Would you have been happy with that? Um, yeah. I probably, mm, I probably would have been. I, I was really, I, I was really underwhelmed. I think underwhelming is the perfect way of describing this. It was, it was just a bit flat, and um, there was, there was, there was, no, there was just, there was just, there was just nothing to it. It, it, it was like, it like clearly been written to be an emotional segment, but that I think the, the, the purpose, like the difficulty is, it's very difficult to write an emotional segment because it kind of got to be a bit more organic. And it just felt a bit like, like who, like it was like twenty minutes of random people coming out, and then I thought, oh well, that's going to be interesting when when I get to the ring and can see all his. Oh no, they're gone now. <laughs> you like, well, our Undertaker's come out to the ring, right? I'll go and get a beer. All oh, right, well, he's still not even out. He's still not even got past the bloody top of the ramp yet, so I've probably got time to go and like go and have a shave by the time by the time he um by the time he'll be in the ring. Like it was just a bit of a, it's just a bit of a. Just a bit of a, it was just a bit, just a bit rubbish. Like, and he deserves more than that, really. He, he, I feel like they're not the way to leave a wrestling career. The way to leave a wrestling career is losing at WrestleMania, which he did, which he did against Roman Reigns like three or four years ago. And I, and I don't really feel like sorry for him about how how poor this was because he's only come back in for the money. Like, I mean, he, he's earned that money over the 30 years, but he's come. He's had a couple of opportunities to leave wrestling in a really good place, like when he lost to Brock Lesnar or when he lost to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Those would have been great exit points, and he's cocked it up, and now his last match was, what, against Goldberg? Uh, no, AJ Styles, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the Boneyard match, yeah. So yeah. The, I mean, the Boneyard match was a great last match, Yeah. but it, it, I just wanted something else. I just wanted... You know, it could have been a fiend match. It could have been, and it didn't have to be 20 minutes. It could have been an easy five, six, seven minute match. And you're right, he should have gone out on his back. He should have, he should have been out, you know, putting someone else over. I mean, let's be honest, the perfect ending to his career was when he left the pattern coat in the middle of the ring and the gloves and, and it came out of nowhere and you, you felt like you were seeing something. And this time... I remember going, there's 20 minutes left. Oh, they're really going to give Undertaker something here. And then obviously all the, the stars came out and then they showed the promo video, which we've now seen three times. And then they showed Undertaker's coming in. And then when you flicked on how much was left and there was 15 minutes left and you were like, really? And then he got to the ring, did his speech, and there was still 10 minutes left because that's how long he took to get out of the ring as well. You were like, oh, there's, no, you know, you kept watching because you thought something's got to happen. Something else has got to happen. And then it didn't. And you were just, 
the weirdest you know, catching thing. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> the weirdest catching. Like, um, felt like it's like you know, like it's felt like you, you're waiting for that money in the bank cashing at the end, or like something to happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, you just wanted you, you, you almost expected because we've had that before. We've had we've had retirements that are not retirements because someone's come out in the last moment and gone, no, you need to face me. And even though you knew that wasn't really going to happen because of how they built it up, it did feel a bit like there's got to be more. And I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think perfect retirements so far have pretty much been Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's it. I think I don't know of anyone else that's not tainted their retirement by coming back one more time. And I'm not convinced this is Undertaker's perfect retirement, really. Do you know what I found quite funny, though? When Kane came in full attire and no one else was, he's clearly been told, oh, yeah, yeah, come in full attire. <laughs> do you know, do you, know you go to fancy dress, party, fancy dress parties, but you're not re- it's not really. You're the only one that turns up. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. That is perfect. Boxing fans. You don't want dull stats, you don't want so-called experts, you want a boxing podcast by fans for the fans, you want From The Canvas, a boxing podcast you'd make with your boxing mates but don't have to because we have From The Canvas, download or stream wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I think now we'll move on to talking about NXT War Games, which is uh, coming up this weekend. We're recording this a whole week in advance, so we've still got a whole week's worth of NXT um, TV to kind of reveal some of the key things, which is why we're going to start with Team Shotzi versus Team Candice LeRae, um, which are the two teams doing the female NXT War Games match. Um, with Team Shotzi, we've got Shotzi Blackheart and... I mean, that's it. That's all that's been announced. But you can kind of guess, I think, who the other three are going to be on her team. I think Emma Moon's got to be in there. I'm assuming Rhea Ripley and I'm assuming Io Shirai. Or am I way off there? What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I, I can't think of anyone else it would be. That makes sense. And they, sort of, take... they sort of telegraphed that, didn't they, I think, in the last NXT. I don't know they haven't explicitly said it, but it kind of was telegraphed that way. Yeah. and then Have I, have I missed where... Um... I know they're having a rivalry, Candice and Shotzi, but was there anything else said about why they're having a War Games match? With is I it? I, I think it's it just she destroyed a tank, mate. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just from the destruction of the tank. Um, and then on the not other side, team, not a one-on-one match then. No, because obviously Candice LeRae has hired Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and and. In a bit, in a move, I, don't, I wasn't massively happy with, to be honest. Tony Storm, I, I, I was quite enjoying Tony Storm as a face, as a bit of the, a, a bit of a, a hero to the, to the women's division, really. Rather than, I don't think the women's division NXT needs any more uh, heels. But you know, Tony Storm's joined that team as well. So Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony, Tony Storm versus Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon. Well, Shotzi Blackheart for definite, and probably Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Um, we're going to start with you, Joe. Okay. Two questions. First one is which team's going to win, and the second question is who's going to be the the, the who's going to get the winning pin or be sole survivor. Uh, that's how this. That's how this. It's an elimination match, isn't it? War games. No, I think it's. I think it. I think it's everyone's in. Um, they get released at separate oh. times, don't they? Yeah, they start off with That's two. That's what it is. So it's not elimination after they've all been released, is it? Is no, it just the first pin? Oh, okay then. In that case, don't worry. In that case, we'll uh, 
we'll still we'll still we'll still go who gets the winning pin, but it's not sole survivor. So who gets the winning pin, and which team wins? Um, I'm gonna go faces win. Okay. And Shotzi Blackheart gets the winning pin. I'm not going to add this because I'm not going to overcomplicate the whole uh, prediction form. But are you, are you, just for, for our benefit, who do you think she gets the winning pin on? Candice LeRae. It's got to be, hasn't it? I think. What's your What's your view there, Luke? Um. Yeah, pretty similar. So again, I think the face is a win. Um. But just in the interest of difference, I'll go with Rhea Ripley pinning Raquel Gonzalez. Okay. And um. Your answer, Ben. Taking over host duties, put you under pressure. <laughs> I, I, I tell you well, what, though, I thought I thought after the Rhea Ripley match, I thought like she was going to be like being called up. That's how it played out, didn't it? But then she came out, didn't she, and said, "No, that's not happening." So I was quite surprised about that. But you thought Rhea Ripley, you thought Rhea Ripley was going to get called up? Yeah, just the way they finished the match, and she like give her a hug afterwards, didn't she? And like kind of waved bye. <laughs> but knowing knowing WWE, that probably clearly was the plan until. It absolutely wasn't the plan, uh, like the, the day of the filming, where they went, actually, that's not going to happen, and you're in war games, so go out there and uh, fix it for us, Rhea. See you later. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right, then, fine. Um, out of interest of switching stuff up, I'm going to go Team Heal. I think Team Heal, because this one is one that can go either way. I don't think there's a clear winner on either side, and I think if you want to build Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm, any four of those to take on Io Shirai, which is really what they need to do, it might be worth you having one of them pin Io Shirai. And then that leads directly into who the next competitor is for the um, championship. So I'm going to go Team Candice, and I'm going to have Tony Storm be the one that gets the pin. And just to clarify on that, is this just for fun? And I say that in the loosest possible term. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, our, this, is our, this is our bonus round which means that it doesn't count towards our ongoing league. But what it does mean is whoever wins this doesn't have to use their wild cards for TLC in two weeks' time, three weeks' time. So, yeah. So just for fun, then? Just for fun. Well, the wild card thing can play into it. I can have a big, I can have a big deal. That put me as a massive lead to start with, which I've now lost and I'm bottom of the league. So, uh, you know, it depends how you play it afterwards. But. I mean, you got Roman Reigns as well. Um, as a wild card? Yeah. He's only had the title for like three pay-per-views. Chill out. All right. I think okay, change, it. Can I change mine? Who's going to pin who? <laughs> of course you can. Oh. No, you can't. Oh. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'm going to. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Ember Moon pinning Tony Storm. Fair enough. What Is there a reason for your change? You sudden, sudden. I just think it makes more sense. I, th- I still think Rhea Ripley might get caught up at some point. I don't know why they'd put it on Rhea Ripley. To, to win it to be honest so I think Ember Moon would make more sense if you think about what we talked about earlier with a massive need for people to fight Asuka and a massive need for people to fight Sasha Banks you've got I'd say at least three maybe four people that if you move them up now they could be contenders so you could move Ember Moon up no problem you could move Rhea Ripley and Neo Shirai up no problem and I'd argue out of the re- the ones that are left Tony Storm as someone else that's that's a proper decent wrestler and a proper competitor for here. I mean, you know, even Shotzi Blackheart's not too far off. They need to start moving people up. The only problem is if they do that, they're also going to lose a big chunk of their women's division. But they've got people ready and 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 kind of in the in the works for for a decent 
decent move to the women's division. So should be a good match. But again, it's difficult to see where it goes. Right. But Joe's just not going to. But Joe can't wait to talk about this one. It's Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a strap match. Um, I thought that I think this this has been done just really, really well as a story. I think the whole Halloween um, angle they used, the whole um, haunted house match is actually considering it's the kind of match I hate, which is just two blokes throwing themselves at stuff. It was absolutely done like really well, really creepy. Even the the final match bit with all the the fog and the smoke and the zombies and everything was at least something different. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where this goes. And uh, I've got the next pick on this one, and I'm going to give it to Dexter Loomis because I just don't see why you would have him lose this match. Luke, where are you going with this one? Um, I'm going to go Cameron Grimes, I think. Um, okay. Just because they've played the whole story about him being scared of Dexter Loomis and running away, and obviously they're now strapped together. I think the obvious pick is Dexter Loomis, where I think they'll twist it up and put it on Cameron Grimes. Because I, th- I, th- I still think they're trying to build him. Um, I quite like him as well, so in a weird way. They've got really good characters in NXT. Yeah. They've got better characters in NXT than they have anywhere else in WWE at the minute. I mean, you say that, he's just got a cowboy hat on and just shouts Cameron Grimes. It doesn't matter. That's that's a that's a good, that's an absolutely brilliant character. It doesn't matter. The guy wearing a hat and a vest is better than any other. That's better than Baron Corbin, and he's actually a king. It doesn't, you know, it, it's a better character. I'm more interested. And I still, I, I, still think he need, I still think he needs to look at his attire a little bit. What, Cameron Grimes? Yeah, it's a bit, them pants are a bit tight. And I, I mean, I think that, yeah, there's, it's a bit hairy, it's a bit too hairy for them sort of, that yeah, sort of attire. But there's a, there's a thing about like, like they make a feature out of his body hair. Like, whereas, whereas like, you know, most people make a feature out of their like beard or no beard. Cameron Grimes makes it out of his shapely body hair. True. <laughs> very, very true. There's not that many people in, 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 rest, in wrestling that have got b- body hair. So he's, he's lucky in that regard. There is a reason for that, though. Imagine the holds and imagine like the, the headlocks and imagine all the other stuff that goes with it and just being like, just there was there was the end of Smackdown when Rome or the end of it was it was Smackdown or I think it was actually Survivor Series itself when Roman Reigns was hugging like Jey Uso and you could see the sweat dripping off Roman Reigns and you're thinking that's not a hug I'd want to be part of. Like, it's just grim. Do I always wonder, right, why do they always come out? Why do all the wrestlers with long hair come out with soaking wet hair? Because dry hair would look ridiculous. Yeah, but it's literally dripping. Like, yeah. like, like, like they just come out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, dry... mean, if, that's your, if that's your big issue, mate, the, the counter-argument would be, why would you, if you're going to wrestle in front of 20,000 people, just come out in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> you can wear anything you want, and you're just going to wear pants and boots. <laughs> Especially, especially when you're going to go and wrestle with another bloke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Joe, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes, are you having? I'm going to go Dexter Loomis. Of you are. I, you still love Dexter Loomis? I do love Dexter Loomis. I think he's arguably one of the best characters in wrestling at the moment. Well, certainly WWE. I've, I've really struggled to name five better ones, to be honest. It's a weird character, but... And they keep adding layers to it that work. Like, I love the art stuff. I think that's a really good ad- addition to his character, as bizarre as it is. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm, I'm, it's, not, it's not, like I've said before, it's maybe not the character that you want to root for, like a sort of serial killer-esque vibe. But it's, it's fully committed to that character. 
which I which I like. You know, it's not it's not he's not running away from it. It's not sort of it's not kind of middle of the road stuff. It's very polarizing. But I like that. I like it about him. He's, he's, he's got a little bit of the fiend in him, in my opinion. A strong, never, real strong character. They've never called him a serial killer either. We've filled, we've filled in that those blanks. At the minute, he's just a creepy guy. But we, we're the ones that are going, he's a serial killer. They've never actually said Dexter Loomis, known serial killer. So we're the ones that have filled that in. Like, you know, but, want, he doesn't want to say that, mate, does he? Because otherwise um, it'll get carted away like Lars Sullivan did. That's right. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or maybe that's what's happened. Maybe Lars Sullivan's another victim. I just love the som- the sombre sort of heartbeat music that he comes out to. I love the whole. I like. I like. I do like the whole thing. Really, Dexter Loomis is one of them characters because he did it with. Um, he was in Impact Wrestling, wasn't he, before as yeah. Simon Shaw? Was he when we watched? When, was he there when we watched it? I don't think so. I think he was a bit after us. I think. Okay, but I remember him. I remember him doing something in that, and he was st- like a stalker. Well, that was his gimmick, I think. And I, I you know, he has, he has literally not changed that gimmick between companies, which makes me think. Are you just doing a elaborate portrayal of your own personality, which is what all the best wrestling characters are based on? Worrying. You know how wrestlers go through different iterations, though, and they, they change up. You know, Seth Rollins has been, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. He's been Company Seth. He's now the Messiah. You can't go anywhere else from this. Like, once you've been the serial killer, you can't then change up and be something completely different. This guy's now stuck in this gimmick. It's like Bray Wyatt's done well to go from Bray Wyatt to The Fiend, but he can't go from The Fiend to anything more. Once you've gone to that extreme, you're done now. That's that's your character. But, but would you say Dexter Lewis is a face in this feud? Because I would. Yes. So you're rooting for Dexter Lewis? You you are, yeah. Which I'm, is the, I'm, I'm rooting for Cameron Grimes. Sympathetic sympathetic serial killer. I would go, but, but Cameron Grimes has been the, the really... He brought this on himself. Yeah, so, but, the whole, yeah, but the whole thing at Halloween Havoc, you know, where he's going for the house and Dexter Loomis is like stalking him. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I I I want Dexter Loomis to win this. I like Cameron Grimes, but I want Dexter Loomis to win this. Okay, so two two for Dexter Loomis, one for Cameron Grimes. Right, the next um, match is the North American Championship. Um, for me, one of the best stories in all of WWE. Just one, of, just one that I'm actually genuinely really, really interested in. It's Leon Ruff, who managed to win the title shock um, win off Gagano. Um, Gagano's obviously in there for the rematch. And Damian Priest, who's, who was um, kind of instigating or sort of instigating the whole thing. And it's one of those great WWE stories that's just the perfect amount of complicated. It all kind of makes sense without there. It's not too simple. It's not too, like... Leon Ruff won the title, so Gagano gets a rematch. You know, it all makes sense. It makes sense that Ruff hits Priest because Priest's interfering. And it's one of those that's just really interesting. And, uh, Joe, it's your choice. Ruff, Gagano, Priest. Who are you going for? <laughs> I think it must, be Luke's, it must be Luke's choice. I mean, I haven't made one first. That's good. Oh, yeah, you go, Joe. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you were the first choice last time, Luke. No, he wasn't. You was. Can I, can I just say as well, by the way, Kevin Owens. Luke, I think it might be Luke to go first now. Go on then, Luke. Go on, Luke. Leon Ruff, Gagano, Priest. Can I just say as well, Kevin Owens' segment was brilliant. Like, yeah. with all of them. And was it, is yeah. it really, William Regal? Is that his name? When he yeah. came out as well. Like, yeah, really well done. Um, I'm going to go get some better judgment and go for Leon Ruff. Oh. Um, just because I just think they'll keep the storyline going a bit or they'll just make him look... Uh, Damien Priest had it, Gagana's just had it, 
so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just got a feeling I'll keep it on rough. I don't really know why. Just just do. Do you agree with that, Joe? I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I think that's genuine. I had that down already. I think Leon Ruff's the the. I if you take it off Leon Ruff now, what's the point? He's gonna he's gonna win with he's gonna win with uh, Gagano doing all the work, doing all the work, and then just jumping in last minute, isn't he? And, like that's how it's gonna play out. Which I'm, <clears throat> I'm all right with, really. I'm all right with that, really. It it's not they've done well for it not to weaken this belt. Because sometimes they do this kind of thing and you go, why has this person got a belt? Why are they doing this? This is one of those where it makes and it hasn't weakened the belt too much and it hasn't made the belt a joke because it all kind of makes sense why Ruff's winning it. All right. Yeah, he's won on a fluke, but he's not a terrible wrestler. So he's a, he's, he's a, he's a solid wrestler. He can do some impressive things, but Gagano has been too cocky and Priest has been helping. So it kind of works in his favor. But if they take it off Ruff now, Ruff's done. He's, he's, he's that's it you know this is he needs to have a decent win or he needs to have a bit of a run with this just so that whatever momentum he's got stays so i think it makes sense to keep it on him so there I, we go i agree oh that's it right all three of us right okay so last one that's definitely not happening then yeah oh no no it's definitely going through <laughs> yeah like, like asker winning yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, every time, um, every time we collectively agree on something it definitely does not happen I might that might be worth that might be something worth looking back at actually as a as a legit as a legitimate stat for for whether that yeah definitely undisputed era versus team McAfee we've got Bobby Fish Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole and Roderick Strong on one side and you've got Pat McAfee Pete Dunne Danny Birch and Oni Larkin on the other side um I'm guessing it must be me first then I think it's me now mate. Is it you now? I've completely lost track of what we're doing here. I've completely lost track of this order. I wrote down order and probably didn't stick to it. So, um, all right, then. You can, get, you can go again. Joe, Undisputed Era versus Team McAfee. What do we think? The Kings and of NXT. First of all, they officially known as. American War Games matches. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, I think Team McAfee is going to win it. Okay. And who do you think is getting the winning pin? <sighs> Annoyingly, I think, team, I think McAfee. I'm being very consistent there with my picks on. I'm just going for team captains. But um, I feel like if the first one plays out where Blackheart gets the win, which I think is what I said, then yeah. I think it makes sense that they have one face, one heel go over. I think this will be the main event. I think McAfee will end up, and I think that will really make him a... I think that will really elevate him. Although I think he's pretty well elevated already, but I think it's another thing he can boast about and tell everyone how wonderful he is. And I wonder if um, he's going to face Triple H at some point. He's been a great... Because they they were clearly in desperate need of something with all of their stars kind of injured and there being all sorts of problems with that. To fly McAfee in and drop him in the middle of this and actually start a kind of feud out of nowhere. Because I don't think this was ever the plan. Because no. these are very random. Danny Burch and Only Larkin would never have been anywhere near this. And Pete Dunne could have been. Pete Dunne was always really solid. But... You know, those two as a tag team were never anywhere near the war games or the level of, of face undisputed era. But McAfee's managed to do a really good job. And again, he's, he's one of the most interesting parts of it. Pete Dunne is, is, is Ridge Holland's replacement, isn't he? Because that, that was where that was going. And that injury to Ridge Holland, which I think we've talked about, was grim. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, it was like just sort of caught him and then his knee just went, and his ankle just went, nah. Um, so that was that was proper grim. Um, I don't think I don't think that uh, 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 Burke, what's his name? Lorkin. Danny Birch and only Lorkin. 
opinion. I don't think they were. I don't think even they were meant to be part of it to start with, to be honest, either. Um, but then they just pulled it all together. It makes perfect sense. The, uh, the the explanation was really good. Um, I really like McAfee. I think he served a purpose. I think he's someone that WWE can use when they probably can't get the celebrity names in because of lockdown uh, and COVID. Like, you know, are you going to get a Ronda Rousey back at the moment? Probably not. Lesnar? Probably not. Could you get McAfee in? Does he do a job at NXT? Happily? Yeah, I think he's just really solid. And he could be the last. He could be the last one in, so he doesn't have to do the full match. You put him as last guy that comes in um, with 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 McAfee, the team McAfee having the um, advantage. He comes last. He only has to be in there for ten minutes. This or even that. And these matches always can protect someone anyway with the amount of carnage. You know, some guy can hide in the corner. Other stuff is going on elsewhere. So McAfee doesn't have to be that involved, but could look great. He's jumping off the cage, isn't he? For sure. That's like he's got that in his locker. That's fair. That's fair. Luke, where are you going with this? Undisputed Era team, McAfee. Yeah, I'm really unsure, to be honest, but I think just because Pete Dunne won the advantage match, I'm going to go Undisputed Era, because I feel like it flips to the team that's not got the advantage. That's what happened last year, anyway. So, yeah, I'm just going to go Undisputed Era just purely for that from that perspective. Can I give you a, can I give you a little bit of insider knowledge, mate? The, um, the team that has... The, the heel team always gets the advantage. That's true. Because otherwise you've just got two faces beating down one heel and it doesn't look right. So they're always, the heels always, heels yeah. generally. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair enough. I was just, just going on my own experience from last year watching it. The faces ended up winning. So. Who yeah. do you think is getting the pin? I don't know, probably Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, that's a good call. I think that's fair. I think they've done well to build him as a singles competitor so far as well. Yeah, and I thought his match with Pete Dunne was brilliant, by the way. That ladder match. Yeah. I feel, like you need have, I feel like you need like a swap out, you know, like you know, like a fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, Will's mum swap out. Like I feel like you need that with uh, Bobby Fish because he's like the weak link in that in that team, isn't he? Like just you just start watching NXT from like this Wednesday and he's just not in undisputed era and Pete Dunne is and there's no explanation for it and you just gotta like pretend like that's normal. That's what we need because then they're ready to go. Then they're ready to go up. You feel sorry for him because Fish is a really solid tag team wrestler. Yeah, and that's what he's been built as, and that's what he's developed his wrestling as. And Kyle O'Reilly's managed to build out of that. And it looks like Bobby Fish is like, now nah, I'm happy. I'm happy as long as chip, as long as I've got that run, that's fine. But it does mean he's a little bit faceless. He's sort of a out, little bit auto run. Sort of out of water, isn't he? Out of, out of his water. Right, moving, moving on. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. For me, whoever that someone from McAfee's team is going on to face. Finn Balor, right? Pete Dunne. I thought Pete Dunne. And that's why I'm going Team McAfee and Pete Dunne for the win. Okay. Built him up. That's where, that's where my logic is. But it's tricky because I genuinely don't know where. Like, it could go either way. Yeah. Oh. It's just, it's really, I think a lot of these matches, actually, is quite good because they could any of them could go either way. Not, none of them are clear. That's the best thing about takeovers. They've, they've, all, they've always a better pay-per-view because you genuinely for the most part don't know where it's going to go so should be a good one on uh, on sunday so there we have it four matches and a bumper um podcast discussion um and it's over to you the listener you can take part in this bonus round as always just enter your predictions there's only six or seven choices to make if you count the uh, the pins and the um main event tiebreaker there's about six or seven choices to make if you get the most right and the tiebreaker closest, 
then you have your chance of winning official WWE merch. And even better, it's absolutely free. And then make sure you are subscribing to this podcast, giving five stars if you can review, and following us on social media. Just search for the Wrestling Predictcast on Facebook, Twitter, and to a much lesser extent, Instagram. Right. We're done. That was a that was a that was a epic podcast, fellas. Felt like I've been here twenty four hours, mate. Is that is that how it feels, mate? Is that how it feels? Honestly. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers mate.